Warning, the following episode contains extreme opinions and the hosts having a lot of fun arguing about things that they've been arguing about for a long, long time. Maybe even in a galaxy far, far away. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 213, Star Wars Special Editions, The Great Debate. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and Aliens. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast where basically a bunch of geeks talk about sci-fi, fantasy, Christianity, faith, and spirituality and all that kind of stuff. And how it all mixes together because we're Christians and we like the fantasy and sci-fi. And today we're going to talk about one of the greatest, one of the biggest, one of the most enormous franchises in sci-fi history. Again. If not the most enormous uh, and that is Star Wars. And I am not going to just talk about it by myself, although I wish I could for this episode. <laughs> I am going to talk about this ah. with Steve McDonald. Hi, everybody. And Evan David. That's me. All right. And so we're here to talk about a hot button topic. Controversial. The special editions. Star Wars is not the first, nor will it be the last film or films i guess to do a special edition or a director's cut where the finished product is not considered finished by the people who made the product and it gets tweaked and added to in fact you know uh there are some things that i have written myself that if i could tweak and add to it i would um such as well, i'm not going to go into it because then people who read it might think, oh, well. But I have. Uh, <laughs> the Book of Esther is a comic book that I did. And the original artist, they were not happy with him. He had finished the whole thing. And they were going to replace the artist and redraw the entire thing. And when they told me they were going to do that, I said, can I rewrite the ending? Because I was not happy with the way I handled the adaptation's ending. And I wanted to have a little more space for it. And they let me do it. Nice. You could consider that Esther comic that is available uh, most regularly now from Kingstone, a special edition. Wow. And there it is. Or a director's cut. Yeah. You could. Well, anything anything that you put out is a special edition anyway. Oh, thank so. you, Steve. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's special. Yeah. So it's something that, you know, basically George Lucas has never been happy, I guess, with the products <laughs> that he has created, 
with Star Wars. And so in the build-up to the prequel movies, they did a theatrical release of all three of the original trilogy movies as special editions, where they added in special effects, they fixed broken special effects, and they added in deleted scenes. Not necessarily the deleted scenes that fans wanted to see, but they added in deleted scenes anyway. And so I think by my voice, you can probably tell I'm not a big fan of the special editions. I'm sitting across the table from someone whose opinion I am very, very familiar with. Steve, I'm not familiar with your opinion, uh, but I do know Evan is a huge fan of the special editions. In fact, that's his preferred way of viewing. Oh, it is. In fact, he hates the original trilogy. I do not hate the original trilogy. <laughs> he hates the original movies. Oh, wait. Words he hasn't seen the original version. That is version. completely false, Benjamin. Mm. I have seen all three of the original Ooh. movies in their uncut or their original cut format. No, you Thank haven't. You. you know why? Because he started doing this from the beginning. Yes. He started adding things, not just now, not just for special editions, but for every release. He yeah. he would take things away, add things to. But in, in the the first the first cut of the first movie, A New Hope didn't have the 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 uh, A New Hope. It didn't say Episode Four, A New Hope. It just was called Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he he started to make some money off of it, he pulled it back, recut it, and you know put it back out a couple months later. And that's what we see. Yeah, well, hope, you know. let me put it this way. I've seen the ones with the matte paintings and none of, yeah. and all the practical effects, none of the digital add-ins, none of the additional scenes. I've seen pretty much the original cut. So let's talk about this. Steve, Evan is a fan of the special editions and prefers the special editions. I think that that's is true. a fair way to say it. Yes. Um, I've seen the special editions and I've seen the original editions um, in the theaters. I as well. So what's your feeling on the special editions? Just the broad overview, uh, pro, con, or somewhere in between? Well, to, to put it in story form, um, I uh, sort of fell out of love with Star Wars after episode three um, because thinking through it, logically, it just doesn't make sense. So when I had kids old enough to see the movies, I was like – I wasn't so gung ho about having them, you know, be Star Wars fans. So I didn't really watch a lot of Star Wars stuff when they were growing up. When they started to put out the 3D special editions, yes, there's more than one special edition of these things. <clears throat> I said, well, you know what? This is something my my son is is you know being a little nerdy and stuff like that, and he's interested in a little bit. So I said, you know what? The 3D versions are coming out. So I'll take him to those. And that'll be like our little bonding thing. When they come out every year, um, you know, George Lucas said that they would every year he'd, he'd put one out. That'll be our little thing. And um, so we went to see episode one in 3D. Then he stopped doing them because he eventually <laughs> he sold it to Disney. So it was like sort of a waste of our time. And then my daughter got old enough and they started asking about it in the new uh, Rogue – no, not Rogue one. The thing from last year, the Force – Force Awakens. Is, the Force Awakens wakes up – I mean comes out. And they, so they're sort of interested in it because their friends are talking about it and stuff like that. So I said, well, I, I guess I'll have to show them you know, the, the, original tr uh, the original trilogy. And I said, well, if I'm going to show them the trilogy, I'll try to show them all the movies. 
And then I said, well, if I'm going to show them all the movies, I'm not going to show them The Phantom Menace. So I said, how am I going to do this? I found online a different a, a way to look at it, a way to watch it. I won't go into it. I think we've done that before. But anyway, I searched out the earliest editions that I could find of the Star Wars movies because I didn't want them to see the special editions because it's just – it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Now, I'm not saying that the Star Wars trilogy is a pig in in and of itself, but it's it's like that. It's trying to make something that is done a certain way, you know, analog, and putting this digital gloss on it, which doesn't work all the time. So I searched out these these uh, early editions. Um, I had n- not a lot of choice with the with the um, with this, the, the, the new ones, because the new ones are made in the special edition style. Um, but uh, I made sure that the kids saw them as original as they could. Now, th- it was still like around 1990, the ones that I got. So it wasn't as original as, as I wanted to get it. But, you know, I think I think they they benefited from that. They so understood you, it, <laughs> understood it a little bit more. So you don't so I, you don't. You fall on the the con side that you do not like the special editions. Yeah, because what they what they put in was just more stuff. What they didn't do was glaring, and it was just sort of like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) And also, this is a little nitpicky, but the thing is, in the uh, in the 90s, they had collectible card games and I, they had a, a Star Wars collectible card game and they had every frame of the movie almost was a different card. And they had cards for uh, the all the aliens in the cantina. They had um, you know all the different ships, all the different droids, and they had names for them. Some of the names were taken from the um, – the non-canon, uh, albeit non-canon, uh, literature that came out, uh, Tales from the, the Mosai's The Cantina, Tales from the Bounty Hunters, things like that, and other stuff in the novel and things like that. So you had these cards that had the definite facts and information about these characters, and then the special editions come out, and they change the dopiest things. You know, instead of this character in the cantina, it's this other weird looking character, which serves no real purpose except to get rid of this character that you've seen for the last 15, 20 years and replace it with another nondescript character. I mean, it's just like a waste of time. So things like that, putting in, you know, changing stuff that didn't need to be changed and then not changing things that you would think should be changed. You know, Tatooine has two suns, two light sources. That means everything should have how many shadows? Two. Yes, you're right. So um, when it comes to stuff like that, you they didn't just change that. CGI could have done that and have no big deal. It's just you would see two shadows. Oh, yeah, because there's two suns. In one in one point, they're looking at the cantina, and they say that's where we're going to go. And then they walk towards it, and then the cantina that was in broad daylight is now in the shade. And you're like, do the suns move that quick? Nothing else seems to move that quick. 
In fact, there's only one shadow, and there should be two, or at the very least, like a, an umbra and penumbra type of a thing going on. But it's like things like that, they didn't change. They left it in. Like actual physical mistakes in the movie, they left in. The stormtrooper walks in and bon- bonks his head on the top of the door. No, you keep that. Yeah. That, that adds verse well, limitude. You keep you, that. You can keep that, but the thing is, it was non-intended. It yeah, was but, accidental. Yeah. I, I, that I'm, I'm fine with. The, the first big tweak that George Lucas did, this is before special editions were like a phrase, although they, Close Encounters of the Third Kind got a special edition re-release right. uh, where they added in some extra stuff. And it does not add much. In fact, it takes away some of the mystery because they show inside the ship mm-hmm. in the special edition of, of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The right. E.T. special editions, they oh, – those are disgusting. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say they, those. That is they, disgusting. They replaced the guns. Well, they replaced the guns with flashlights. Yeah. So that yeah. they didn't have any guns on screen with the children. Because right. Steve, uh, Steven Spielberg is saying, well, after I had children, I realized that's really horrible that these guys are running around with guns and aiming them at children. And I'm thinking to myself, no, they are. this is totally realistic because they're aiming them at the alien that is with the children. Right. And... Uh, it, yeah, and so we'll talk about one of the problems with what happened with the E.T. thing and why it was a little bit better than what George Lucas was doing because of the way he released it. The E.T. thing, you were, you were he didn't lock up the original right, and make and, it unavailable. And that, I feel, is... And, and so, but the other thing that they did with that was they added in CGI E.T. movement. And, you know, I get that the uh, kind of puppet on a track... You know, the, the track is hidden by the, the, the leaves and stuff. You can see, I mean, with the way he zooms across the screen, it's like he's not an actual creature that's moving on feet. But the way they change his movement is not the way he would run based on the way he walks around. He runs like a gorilla on all fours. And it's <laughs> awful. It's awful. And then they put back in. They didn't re- they didn't restore the scene with Harrison Ford as the principal. But they did restore this horrible Halloween, like the Halloween that they have in that neighborhood. Once the sun goes down, it is it becomes Thunderdome, man. I mean, it is crazy. There are kids lighting things on fire. They're rolling trash cans down the street with like lit garbage inside. It's just like, what in the world is going on? What happened here? And that's the scene where the mother is looking for Elliot and she's like driving through and like Toilet paper is getting thrown across her car as she's driving. It's just, what in the world? Why did they ever? I, I understand why they cut it, you know? <laughs> um, but like I said, E.T. did one thing right, and that is when you bought that DVD edition of E.T., it came with the original. Nice. And so when I watched the movie with my kids, um, we finally watched it. And it was that original edition that we could watch and not the one with the, the cutout guns and, and have them, they have flashlights and said, I'm like, why are the kids so afraid of flashlights? <laughs> um, anyway, that said, the first thing with George Lucas, what the biggest change that people have talked about is not just adding a new hope, but the whole who shot first, Han no, or no. Greedo. Well, let me say this Stupid. about what you were just talking about with E.T. and, and – George Lucas, George Lucas has locked up the original cut of Star Wars, and you can't get it. You could. There was one 
they, they made it available. And so when I bought, I bought the DVD, uh, I bought the Blu-ray set, I should say, that mm-hmm. has the special editions on it. But I wish I could remember the year, but it's like 1997 maybe, mm-hmm. when they had the DVDs of the original trilogy come out. And there's a second extra disc, disc and an extra on the extra disc is the original, uh, not the original, but the pre-special edition cut of the, uh, movie. Cut of the movie from the laser disc. Right. And I have those, and so now those sit next to my uh, Blu-rays. So that if I ever want to watch the originals, I can. My children not interested in the originals. Yep. And. Uh, yep, he says with a look that says, "Why would they be interested?" Exactly. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. The reason I think George Lucas should do that is because regardless of the, you know, what, what you think of the special editions or whatever, that's a piece of cinema history. And that is problem number one for me. Yeah. That is the biggest reason why I have such an emotional reaction to special editions. What you exactly said just now is that it's a piece of cinema history, Absolutely. not just history, but an epoch in cinema where things changed and they did things differently and the special effects on the screen in 1977 were they invented technology for all three of those movies Mm -hmm. and that has been basically erased from the history books in fact george lucas did not submit his original cut of star wars to the national film institute when star wars a new hope was one of the films that they they voted to preserve a year one one a year a while ago and I just don't understand it. I don't – I do not understand why we can't have this artifact of history. And it is available. You can get it on VHS. Yep. Fairly cheaply, I understand. Uh, you get it on Laserdisc and I have the DVDs that I don't know what they're worth. Uh, I don't know how easily you can get it or not get it. But I, I will not get rid of those right. because I want to be able to go back and watch the movies as I remember them. And that should that should be allowed, but then you also have to remember, yes, it is a piece of cinema history, but it's also a piece now it's a piece of this massive franchise, and it needs to blend with the franchise so you can watch it all as a whole and not be completely jarred by the horrible transition that you would experience from episode three to going into the original cut of episode four, except for one thing, and that is that they didn't fix that problem. they fixed a lot of it. No, they didn't. I mean, it still is a different film grain. Yeah. It's actually film. Yeah. Uh, the The storytelling tenor of the cinematography is completely different. Yes, yeah. but it's still not as jarring. I would say maybe it's not as jarring, but it's like you're moving from on the jarring scale, you know, from episode two to episode three. The jarring scale is like two. Yeah. Okay. From Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. If you're watching them in that order, mm-hmm. the jarring scale is originally would have been like 90 yeah. and now it's 85. I disagree <laughs> with that. No, be- well, just the, just the, the, the lightsaber sequences is, 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 is telling because it's, you get these in, in the first, you know, one, two and three, you know, lightsaber jumping up massive distances and flipping around double lightsabers, wing, 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 bam, 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 two lightsabers on one lightsaber. You know, you get this for three movies. You get one where tons of Jedi are doing all this stuff and all that. And then all of a sudden you get Ben and Darth, you know, fighting. And and, and he calls him Darth. 
I'm like Darth who? I mean, it's Darth is like this. It's, it would be like Mister. Yeah, but he's the only Darth <laughs> there. I mean, if you yeah. if, if you're in a room, there, if you're in a room of all there's... men and one woman, and you say, "Excuse me, ma'am," no one is going to be confused who you're talking to. And there's ways to. And there's so... ways that they explain why that that transition is the way it is between the lightsaber fights and things. I. You know what? <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need to. He, they're old. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what. That's one of the things. They're old. It's twenty years later. You, you can. Yeah. Exactly. Ben's, hey, hey, Ben's hey, an old Yoda beta. is, is eight hundred years old. He's Yoda a is not species. human. He's a different Episode species. Three, Darth when Vader he's around and doing all the. He's a different species, Dooku? Steve. Yeah. What? He's a different species. He's not human. So we can. So what? So that's the reason They're for that. Jedi. He dies of old age. In Jedi the... are superhuman. Okay, I guess you can you can apply your logic to that, except the screen shows us that they get old. Yes. And, and they slow down. And Qui-Gon ben, was old? Ben, no, he uh, was, no, he was, was not. Was like 45. Dooku, was old? Dooku you, you might have a point there. Yes, but he didn't How do he, he didn't old? do any flippies. Dooku did no flippies. He didn't. He did a lot of force lightning, but Yep. He stood there and he twisted his wrist. He was his lightsaber. Anyway, he, would, he beat everybody. Anyway, you can explain the lightsaber stuff. You can explain the. You can even explain the transition in the the cinematography and stuff. It's twenty years later. It's a different universe yes, now. You can explain it, but you no, can't excuse the jarring difference. You cannot. Of it. You cannot explain away how it's gone from incredible landscapes to matte paintings. And how would how difficult would it have been for George Lucas to say, you know what, this uh, this lightsaber duel? No, I'm just going to CGI the whole thing. Well, he could have done that. He didn't have the budget for it, though. Flips and all that stuff. He didn't have the budget for it at that time because when they were making the special editions, they were doing it to get money to fund the original trilogy or the the prequel trilogy. Uh, The prequel trilogy was was something Lucasfilm funded on their own and created on their own. And part of that was to take these special editions and release them in theaters to get some good profits. You could make a huge CGI Jabba that fit into this. this it scene. did not Metro fit into, into the scene. scene. That was so bad. I disagree. I love that scene. It's I'm so glad they added that. I'm so glad they added that scene. Okay, so here's the problem with that. Uh, I'm glad they added the scene because I, I like scene deleted scenes, and I mm-hmm. do like director's cuts, and I like special editions. Honestly, I have some serious problems with the Star Wars special editions. One being it's locked away the original. We do not have access to the yep, original. I'd agree with that. And the one being that some of the stuff they add in just doesn't fit and becomes repetitive when they realize that that scene wasn't going to work. All the exposition in that scene was moved over to the Greedo scene. And so what happens? You now get the exposition twice. But you get yeah. to see Jabba the Hutt. Who cares? I do. Who cares? Then cut out Greedo. You can't cut out Greedo. You totally can cut out Greedo. the whole impact of seeing him in his palace. Wrong, because you've already seen him in episode one, Steve. Because if you watch them in the correct order, Jabba the Hutt is already established No, no, you got to stop for just a second, Evan. Uh, 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 You uh, uh, just... The correct order... Yeah. ...is is not episode one in the correct order. Steve, you got to stop. You got to stop there, too. You're applying opinion now. I am. That's totally opinion. When you call it the correct order, you are saying that someone else is doing it wrong when they I don't know, watch it that I way. Know. And I, that goes without saying. There's. It does not go without saying because well, you said it. I feel like it goes without saying. I'm being sarcastic there. That is my preferred order. And 
I'm not very flexible on that. Yeah. And see, <laughs> that's the other thing is I prefer watching and reading things in the order that they're created. Mm. Like the, the, the Narnia books, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you absolutely should read first. And mm. why should you read it first? Because you there's this lamppost there. Why is it there? You know, and all these things. And then later on, you get to The Magician's Nephew, which is basically C.S. Lewis's prequel, prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's one book, but it's, right. it does the same things the prequel trilogy does. And it explains where these things come out and come from. And you lose the impact of this wondrous world that you're just stepping into without knowing anything about it by stepping into the magician's nephew first. It just, it, you, you lose it. Yeah. And, yeah. and someone, through, you're like, oh, and someone, again. someone who reads the books in the order that they're published in right now, which are numbered one is magician's nephew. Mm-hmm. Two is Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Someone who reads them in that order will never know the the discovery that someone who reads them in the order that they were written in. But they'll get all new discoveries and experience it in a new way. I Well, you're right. They will experience it in a different way and in a new way. But they won't experience it the way C.S. Lewis himself was experiencing it. Yeah. And that would be like reading the Silmarillion. First. That's okay with me. You know, it would be like, yeah, maybe it is. I mean, you, what's you can the big deal with all this stuff. And then you get to the Lord of the Rings and you're like, Oh, okay. So that's, I mean, and it's like not a big deal because you're like, totally oh, okay, the all these godlike first. beings and everything exists. Yeah. Oh, okay. And these little guys are doing that. Oh, okay. I get it now. But see, then, then like, the other thing is when I do some of the st- things that I've worked on and written and stuff like that, um, I, as the creator, I mean, this is the way I want it to be experienced and the way I hope it's going to be experienced. And I hope that I'm planting a seed early on that gets, uh, you, you, that you get the fruition from it later on. And for someone then you, you, for someone to read it differently and to experience the end of say time flies before they experience the beginning, um, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. But, but you've numbered the issues, Ben. In the order in which yeah, they yeah. should be read. I have. George Lucas himself has numbered these movies. Except for one thing. He didn't at first. And right. another thing is he started with four. Right. And that's why I think the discovery there, you know, but I think there's some he said he had cool the plan stuff. for all of them. He lied. Okay. Yeah. He did. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a book that I can prove to you. It has all the early drafts of the movies and stuff that they were doing. His early drafts had nothing to do with that prequel trilogy. Okay. Uh, it, had, it had some things to do, like some names well, yeah. and planets and characters, but it I, was. I do believe. Different. I do believe that when he decided that we're going to keep moving on this, it's not like the Matrix where they said we're going to do one movie, but we have a trilogy planned, you know. But we're going to do this first one and give it a good ending, right. just in case we can't do the full trilogy. That's not the way he did it. He, he's. I got this one movie, and I have these other ideas, but this is the movie I'm going to make. And then it's like, okay, now where are we going to go with this? Empire Strikes Back was not at all the direction he was planning to go in, and some of the other stuff that he was he had he had ideas that might have fit into where these movies went, but it wasn't like he had this master plan from the beginning. Right, he did yeah. not. But what do you think his his viewing order would be? That I'm not sure about. I mean, I'm, I'm you're probably right. He probably would say we'll start with episode one. I don't think it's right though. I don't think it's as impactful. Let's put it that no. way. I feel like it's but much I also, better to start with number one. Well, and, That's and my opinion. The other thing is I would say it doesn't matter as much prequels, originals, as it does like with Chronicles of Narnia for me. The prequels, you there's Darth Vader's story and here's Luke Skywalker's story. 
And or it's just all Darth Vader's story. Yeah, you could say that. Which is how I see it. You you could. You you can. Except that now that they have the another trilogy, right. it becomes Skywalker Family Trilogy. Right. Or a trilogy of trilogies. Mm-hmm. That's the Skywalker Family. Here's Darth Vader's fall. Here's Luke Skywalker redeeming his father. And here's wherever they're going with this next trilogy. Right. Um, the viewing order doesn't matter to me. The fact that the prequels exist and they aren't exactly what they th- we thought they were going to be doesn't really bother me. They're growing on me over time. Yeah. The special edition things, like I said, the the, the main thing being that the, the originals are locked away. The other thing is that these scenes that they've added in, they were taken out for a reason, maybe budget. But when they took out a, a scene that was essential because of budget, they replaced it with a scene that they could do. Mm-hmm. And so – the whole, I mean, it doesn't make sense with Greedo and, and Jabba for Greedo to to stop him and to, you know, Jabba was waiting, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and there's Jabba who says all the same stuff. And yeah, and, and then they CGI uh, Boba Fett in there. Yep. Sure. Okay. It doesn't help anything with Boba Fett. And he still dies stupid in it's Return of the Jedi. True. But, but I like that they added him in. It yeah. just gives you more. It gives it more of a cohesive feeling to me yeah. when you watch through. Um, but I mean, some of the other things that they added are really cool. I wish that they had added in the scenes with Biggs on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah they didn't yeah. do that. Did they, they didn't put that in, and that was the one thing that I was so surprised they didn't put in. Yeah. Um, I think they have actually now in the new in the Blu-ray. I don't know. I don't think so. I, think I was watching extra scenes. I was watching a video the other day that said like the best things that they added in the special editions, and they put they said that was one of them. So I think Biggs Biggs is added in the in one of the end scenes. But oh, when I yes, was reading the, the novel, when I was reading the novel and the comic book versions, it was like you got this whole aspect of Luke with his friends and Biggs and that whole oh, dynamic of in the stuff. in the radio edition as well. In the radio edition, yeah, yeah, and this like older brother, and he's going, and he's sort of like this this impetus for for Luke to you know at least keep moving a little bit, and and, and you know, and then he sees him at the end and loses him, and you're like, ah, oh. and that's why that that theme goes at the end when Biggs gets killed, mm. and it's like or whatever it is, and it's Luke's realization that it's like this is Biggs, this is the guy that could do anything on Tatooine. And he's gone. Yeah, and it's like, and they do add a scene. They do add a scene with him in there in the special yeah. editions, but I don't know. Hmm. It's it's at the end. In one of them. Yeah. Yeah, but it, you know, just having him, you know, being called wormy and and you know have, <laughs> having him made fun of by these you know the, and stuff like that. It, it's just it adds that element that I mean, yes, it does break up the flow. It that, sure does. Lucas was, was trying to do when it goes from the you know the droids to the the princess uh, the the princess to to the droids to Luke to uh, Ben to Han to you know to to the Death Star and the, it ruins that flow a little bit, but I think it adds to the story. It's not like you have to have that flow. I think it adds so much to Luke's character. Yeah, it's something that was in the Star Wars storybook that I had as a kid. Yeah, the oversized book that's you know kind of thin but has all the photos. Yeah, he's in there. He's in the record book <laughs> that I had, um, and it's just there's this picture of this guy. And I'm like, who? I don't remember him from the movie, but who is this guy? And then you know, when I found out the special editions were coming, that was the one thing I was so excited about was to see that scene where he's talking 
to Luke about how he's leaving and, mm. and, and he's leaving Luke behind. And now, yeah, does it, does it add to the, the character? Yeah, it, it does add to the Luke's character, but at the same time, um, you're right about the pacing too. I mean, this is a much faster paced movie. Um, now, some other cool things that they added in to the special editions were uh, Cloud City. Looks, yes. Looks good. Oh, yes. Um, the Wampa on Hoth looks good. Um, and they added that Did in. It wasn't, the... it wasn't CGI. It was a guy in a suit. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was really neat. But they, um, that's another thing. They, they cut out the, the whole Wampa sub-story that they could have put back in. No, they, where, couldn't, they um, didn't film that. Did they? They could have done it in CGI. <laughs> Not if they didn't film it with the actors. They could have done. They could have done something in CGI. No, I think that that totally takes away from a whole lot of again pacing. You already got one villain coming in, but anyway, some of those things that they added really does add to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much Ewoks blinking adds to it. I mean, but why, why are why do know. people even care about that? That's just making it more lifelike. What is wrong yeah, with that? It doesn't really look more lifelike to me. Uh, um, it looks kind of creepy. It almost looks a little more creepy because it brings attention to these now lifeless eyes that have lifeless CGI <laughs> lids. But, yeah. Uh, and you have in, in the the original uh, in New Hope, Chewbacca still gets no metal. They, yeah, they but again, no CGI they, to metal around his neck. Yeah, just. I, I don't think you quite understand what they were trying to do with the special editions. They ex- for the special editions, they expanded the the award ceremony's audience, and they made numerous more rebels were there in the special editions. Yeah. And, um, and that's another thing that it just for me that's it, sad for me. And I understand this. I understand that like my kids, they don't necessarily care about this kind of thing. It's sad to me that it takes away from a lot of the practicality of those original trilogies. Those original trilogies. There's so much craftsmanship and work that went into creating everything you saw on the screen. Everything you saw on the screen was handmade. With yeah. by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, it's all computer made. I mean, they're running down along a floor that might be there, yeah. but it's just a strip of floor, and everything else is green and blue. And it's 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 sad that basically the 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 workmanship and the artist art the art that went into the the original trilogy was, I mean, pulled away, ripped away, and basically almost thrown away. Um, and yeah, that's that's the biggest the biggest knock against the special editions is that it's nothing against the special editions existing. It's just against what they've chosen to do because the special editions exist, and you don't need that other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's my that's my opinion. I think we do need the other stuff, Ben, and that's my opinion because now we have the prequel trilogy, and it's all seven Star Wars, soon to be nine Star Wars movies, all as a whole, and they all need to be, in my opinion, cohesive. And it's I love that they've gone back and they've tried to make the original trilogy blend better with the new stuff and if it worked i'd be a little more with you but i just i feel like the 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 cinematography for lack of a better word uh just is so different just because of the time periods that are made and other things have survived that kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know i mean even 
uh, even like Harry Potter from <laughs> the first to the last. I haven't seen the last, but I've seen scenes from it. Uh, you know, there's there's a difference between those. There is, but it progressively gets better looking. Yeah, and it's that's Star the Wars other thing. The that's the other thing is that value judgment of CGI looks better than the models. And it doesn't sometimes, but there's a... Or CGI looks better than the puppets. Right. right. Which yeah. it, it doesn't sometimes, but... But with, that's the value. That's the value that's getting placed on this. With episode four, it was impressive for the time, but it's... It's there's a there's a lack in quality there when you compare the the, the visuals on screen. Yeah, no, you're right. You're it's right. Still impressive, but we when the Death Star explodes, we can see the floor and the wall behind the Death Star exploding. They're not. Mm, in space. I don't remember seeing that, but okay, you can see the floor. Okay, and sure. Okay, if you say so. They're not in space, and so. Fix, uh, fixing that you sort know they of stuff. never went to space with any of this I know, right <laughs> but it totally takes you out of the movie it took me out of the movie a lot i remember when i was little and the special editions were first coming out i remember being because i because i watched the original cuts as far as as original as they could be and i loved them but then when, when the death star blows up and that r- r- shockwave ring that they added comes out of the death star explosion i was like yeah why haven't they been doing this the whole time i mean i just was blown away by that i loved it and then watching the special editions and then going back to watch episode five in the original cut where it's the matte paintings of luke crawling out on the ledge of that you know whatever that was the big giant hole in cloud city i mean it's just fantastic really they did that That yeah it looked good and looks Good, and that's what no, makes me sad. It does not and maybe it just look good. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It either looks good or it doesn't to you. And you say it doesn't currently look good. Sure, I maybe I just feel old. Maybe it I'm just old. Been. I remember. Maybe I am just irrelevant because the things you're talking about is so much better because it's so much bigger and brighter and boom, boom, boom. No, 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 no. It's our brains. When we first when we first see some, when I first saw Nintendo 64 graphics, you thought those were the best. Look at those graphics. They're the best graphics in the universe. And now that we have the graphics that we... I don't think anyone we- ever said that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they did. We did. And then now that we have the graphics that we have today, we go back and we look at it mm-hmm. and we say, yeah, it looks great for the time, but it's polygons. It just is. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I... I'm I'm sitting yeah. here in front of someone and I'm just feeling like I am old and irrelevant. You're not because, old and relevant. No, no, but I'm just saying there is a you can look at something and say, "Oh, it's awesome at the time," but then as you see better stuff and you go back and look at it again, it it can look less awesome. It can. And I like I said, there's some things that look really really good. I just don't feel like everything that they did was needed. They some of the things were done just because, "Hey, extra's cool." Let's add the extra cool. And some things that they did were really stupid. Like in Return of the Jedi, that whole singing alien lip lady in the mm-hmm. job. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, that's what, what are you thinking? <laughs> why, why did you put that in there? I, I, I wonder if that was just an escalation, though. Like, we need to so. fix this lady. Good grief. You know, she was obviously a rod puppet. And, you know, seeing this... That's the other thing is I spent time watching behind-the-scenes stuff as a kid mm. and seeing these specials about how they did the puppetry and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, that's really, really neat. And 
but she was a rod puppet that was stationary. Was she or, in the original cut? Oh yeah, singing the song. Different song. But it was a, yeah, very was a different song. song. It was a background song. Yeah. It wasn't a song and dance number. Should have kept it in the background. She was on the stage yeah. as part of the setting, mm. and then it turned into this big. You know, like the opening to Temple of Doom or something yeah. like that. All singing, all dancing, oh. no, I, I'm with you on a lot of what you're saying, Evan. Okay. I, I really am. The thing that I'm not with you well, – actually, we're with each other on the, the locked away part as well. Mm. I just feel like some of the stuff that they added just takes away from the storytelling they'd already done. And then there's the big bone that we have to pick here. Okay. Are you ready to go there? We do not want to spend a lot of time here, Evan. I don't want to spend a lot of time here. I want you to go ahead. We've already talked about this at length. We have talked online. about this. And and in person. Yes, and in person. And neither one of us is going to change our opinions. But I think Very we need true. to get our opinions out there. Okay. And the scene I'm talking about, and, and Steve, uh, we're going to let you chime in on this as well. But I don't know if we've talked about this with you before. It's possible that we have. Okay. Um, but this is one of the things, just one of the dings that I have against the special editions is... And I stand un- up and applaud it. Unnecessary. I just can't get how... <laughs> I, I, I cannot understand your emotional defense for this. So I And I don't get it. I do not get <laughs> why you love this so much. Um, but this is one of those things where I feel like it's an unnecessary change. And... So that's probably my third ding is that there's a lot of things that are unnecessary changes, like the song. Yes. Uh, you're talking about Return of the Jedi. Um, like adding the the Jawa who is swinging from the reins of that creature. I like that. It's, it's goofy and it's not the same kind of humor that you get from the original trilogy. But if you want to include Jar Jar Binks from Phantom Menace, then yes, it is the same kind there of humor. There we go. Now it's cohesive. And you like Jar Jar. I do not like Jar Jar. <laughs> oh. I don't mind him, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate him. Yeah. I don't hate but. him either. I, I I actually feel like he has a place. Yeah. But not the greatest place. But <laughs> the scene I'm talking about is at the end of Return of the Jedi. And I do not understand why they did this. Evan tries to explain this to me, but it breaks down <laughs> in the internal logic of the screen story that they've given us now there may be external canon that we are unaware of or that i am unaware of why they did this that makes it fit and there may be something in star wars rebels that explains this and i haven't watched rebels Mm -hmm. or whatever but here's the scene darth vader is dead he is yoda is dead yep obi-wan kenobi spoilers they're dead luke is at the celebration after the Death Star has been destroyed. The Emperor hopefully is dead. We'll find out maybe in the new trilogy. Um, the Empire is essentially falling. And it's which, the beginning. By the way, one of the best additions is going around the galaxy and seeing everybody celebrate. Yeah, which was interesting for us when we saw the special editions in the theater before the prequel trilogies. Mm. We were seeing places we hadn't seen before. It, it was interesting. Now, there was some... I feel bad for the stormtrooper who is being like passed around. Like, is that guy still alive or is it just, does that happen in the Ewoks or was that? No, that's in the, in Corsicott, I think (laughs) where it's like, they're passing this guy over and I'm just like, Oh man, down that big statue of Palpatine. Did these people just like beat this guy to death? And now they're pushing (laughs) his body around over the the crowd as they, they cheer. But all this has happened. Luke 
breaks away from the celebration, leans against a tree, looks off, and there, on a fence, you see Obi-Wan Kenobi appear in his blue space ghost form. You see <laughs> Anakin Skywalker appear in his blue space ghost form. And you see Yoda appear in his blue space ghost form, sitting on the fence. Yes. So not standing with the friends, with his buddies, you know, the way he probably would have if they were just walking together or something. But he, yeah. he appears sitting on the fence. He's a ghost. He's allowed to do that, I guess. Okay. In the original film, the way it played out was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was played by Sir Alec Guinness. Mm -hmm. Yoda was played by the puppet. puppet. Mm -hmm. And Anakin Skywalker was played by the old man who was Sebastian inside Shaw. Sebastian Shaw, who was yeah. inside the Darth Vader costume, not for the movies, but for the final scene where they take off his mask at the end of the movie. David Prowse was in the costume before. Right. And James Earl Jones was his voice before. So this old guy, he's there. His face is all mangled when he dies. But when he appears back, uh, on the fence, he's looks normal and he's wearing, he, he went to Obi-Wan Kenobi's tailor yep. and is wearing the same clothing <laughs> that Obi-Wan Kenobi and a turtleneck. is sitting. Yeah. Is, is wearing there. That's the original in the special editions, not the theatrical from what I understand. This was a change yep. when they went to from DVD. to DVD, mm. uh, because they had, and it wasn't even the first DVD release. From right. I, it was after they had done uh, Hayden Christensen's scenes uh, episode three, and from episode three, uh, they changed it so that it is Yoda sitting on the fence. Uh, it is Sir Alec Guinness, and it is Hayden Christensen now. Yes, it is. So, Evan, for some reason, I do not understand why, and I still, like I said, we've had so many conversations about this. So, what I'm going to ask you to do right now, Evan, okay, is explain to me why you're so enthusiastic about this and why it makes sense okay go couple reasons for why i'm enthusiastic reason number one when i was little and i watched return of the jedi i had no idea who that third guy was full stop you didn't understand i mean i i understood i was like is that supposed to be darth vader is that who that is i guess it must be so in other words oh, well. the movie made you think it made you try to figure it out. <laughs> Didn't just do the thinking for you. No, okay, if continue. Like, if you're like, I have no I, I, idea I'm sorry. who that is. I should not be interrupting you. Go. <laughs> I am not going to interrupt you one more time. I, I, I guess that's Darth Vader. Sure. Okay. If that's who they want that to be, fine. I guess that's him. Okay. And so then when I watched, I got that DVD and I'm watching it through and I'm like, oh, here comes the part where the random guy shows up. And then it's Hayden Christensen. is like, yes, Finally, we get to know who it is definitively. It's Darth Vader's ghost. It's Luke's dad. And it's cohesive now. It ties back in with the original trilogy. We have more cohesiveness. Hooray, hooray, hooray. So cohesiveness? Yes. And appreciation for Hayden Christensen. I, I guess you can call it appreciation for Christensen. Well, I mean, appreciation as far as, as, as the far actor as, who played Anakin yes. and now on screen. And now we know it's Anakin for sure. And I don't have to scratch my head and wonder and pause it and try to figure out who that is. And why he's wearing a turtleneck. And how old were you when you first saw this and were confused about this? I was like five or six. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. I'm excited because it ties us back in. It makes it more cohesive as a whole. And now we officially know that's Darth Vader. We don't have to stop and think about it and pause the movie to try right. to come up with an answer. Those are 
out of yes. universe explanations why it makes sense to have Hayden Christensen there. Yes. What is your in-universe explanation for why Hayden Christensen is there? You have to stretch to get the in-universe okay. in really? version. You do, I think, because oh. everybody else who dies and comes back as a forest ghost, they look exactly like they did when they died. So mm-hmm. if that was the case, wouldn't he come back as like a scarred, or at least in, in his Darth Vader outfit? Because they also seem to come back in his in the outfits that they died in. Also. Well, Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't cut in half, so I right. imagine at some point they get... Technically, you know, a... he should be naked. <laughs> well, I think he only left his outer robe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Yoda shows up in his swamp clothes, so I think technically Anakin should show up in his Darth Vader. If he had shown up in the Darth Vader suit without the helmet, yeah, I could I would have known his Darth Vader even with the weird haircut. Um, you know? But, uh, so I'm going with, this is my personal logic. He's, so this is your head cannon. This is my head cannon. He's going back, he, he's appearing as he was the last time he was a Jedi. So at, when you're a so Force you Ghost, mean, you can appear at any age you want. So no, no, that's penalty. not what he's saying. He's saying he appears last time he was a Jedi. So when a he, good Force user. So when he switched over to use the dark side is when... Like, he wouldn't appear as that anymore. Right. He's reverting because, yeah. He's not choosing it. He's just – that's where it's putting him. That's that's what I go with. Okay. Although becoming a Force ghost is using your Jedi power to do that. It's also something that's you not on years screen. of training to well, learn how to do. That's true. I, I shouldn't <laughs> say that's not on screen. Right. It's, it's on screen in Clone Wars, right? Don't they talk about some of that Force Ghost stuff? Yes, it's because it. Well, no, yeah, because they pick it up. They mention it in Episode Three and talk about how Qui Gon's figured it out. And in Clone Wars, Yoda goes and Qui Gon leads him to a place where he learns yeah. also the secrets and yeah. stuff. Um, and apparently, Anakin picked it up along the way. I guess. <laughs> they all there. There is a Sith Force Ghost in um, in Clone Wars, and it's Darth Bane or something, and it's different. I haven't gotten. I'm not past season three on on Clone Wars. So, um, so the, the only real excuse I could imagine is that when you become a Force ghost, you can choose basically what age you look, how you look. And Yoda chose to look that old, and Obi Wan chose to look that old. And when Anakin died, he chose not to look old. He chose to look young. So I can I can imagine that, that also could work. The reality of it is, in real time, it was Sebastian Shaw for 20 years or 15 years or whatever until these things came out. And that's who it was for 15 years until the special editions came out. And then he's Hayden Christensen. And it's like, in that inside the universe something changed it's almost like this is a different reality and if it is then why have it diverge here of all places and have it mean something and and that's a problem with the special editions for me as well i am not with a single movie you change you make some changes and it's just a different piece of art this is not just a single movie. Mm-hmm. That one little change, you know, no one cares about it. You know, it, let's let's face it, okay? 
it, it bothers me because, well, <laughs> nice callback. Um, it bothers me because again, they've taken out this actor, you know, yep. and they, and they, and it's okay. they've changed it. And I, I look at it and I just think to myself, this makes no sense. This makes the, the, you have to make these stretches. You have to take these things that the, you know, if you're taking Occam's raisin, ra- raisin, Occam's raisin, that's, <laughs> that, that'd be a product to, to start selling Occam's razor yeah. here with the simplest explanation. The simplest explanation here is what they show on screen and what do they show on screen? Well, the way they've shown it for so long was Obi-Wan Kenobi appears the way he was when he died. Yoda appears the way he was when he died and Darth Vader appears the way he was when he died. Okay. I'm trying to explain to you now what I'm thinking. (laughs) I know. And you know what they could have done? Oh, did you finish? No, no, but go ahead. They could have reshot the, the un, unhelmeting of Vader with Hayden Christensen playing inside the, inside the helmet. They could have. They could and then have. You would you would see his face and all you know, just destroyed and wasted and all that stuff. And then when you see him as the Force Ghost, you, it would make sense. It's not like making that huge logical leap of this yeah. old guy who's decrepit and now this old guy who looks pretty good. You know? And the other thing they could have done is, and I realize this caused a lot more reshoots. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Put him yeah. there then, but you have to put him there in the swamp and you have to put him there in Empire Strikes Back as well. Yeah. And it, it just, the it, the consistency breaks down there and it just, it bugs me. It bugs me that it's not consistent. It bugs me that, you know, you can say whatever you want about why it's this, why it's that, why it's that. But this, on screen, they never show it. They never say. And it just... To me, it always made sense. Ten-year-old me never once. Now, I I couldn't see it before then. It's nine-year-old. Nine-year-old me, when I went and saw it in 1983, mm. I never thought twice. I knew who exactly who that was. Why? Because they were the three Jedi who had died. And it was very simple to me. And five-year-old, I can understand. But I would think you're asking a lot more questions than just, who's this guy here? Um, yeah, who else but, could it be? <laughs> but to me, I'm just looking at it and thinking to myself, well, that's who that is because I just saw him die and now it's happy. But he looks completely different. But he doesn't look completely different. That's completely the thing. Different. He's not, He's got hair now. He's in a weird outfit. He does not look completely different. And well, Logically, who else could it be? Yeah, I mean, that. but that's nine-year-old me versus five-year-old Evan. Right. You know, and so there, there's that difference there. But, yeah, that's... That's just kind of exhibit A, I guess, right. for adding things in that don't need to be added in. And that's – see, it's hilarious because Ben's exact reasoning for why he doesn't like it is the exact reasoning for why I do like it. Because he's saying, I don't like it because it changes the the consistency. And for me, that's why I didn't like the original cut because the consistency. Except I – what you're saying about consistency, I understand what you're saying, uh-huh. but it doesn't apply here for me because it works. It it mm-hmm. works, and you're you're tying it back. You know, here the the character has aged, and now he's de-aged, and no one else has, and that's just it's not consistent. And again, you put Ian McGregor in there. But now we have consistency with the 
prequel trilogies is what I'm saying. And the the more we can do that, that's the that's that's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah. So that's that. Yep. Now we've got it out of our system. We never <laughs> have to talk about this again. <sighs> uh, other than I'm glad we finally decided that we were right and Evan was wrong. I'm glad we finally decided. Jabba that. looks terrible. Yeah. He doesn't look that bad. Boba Fett is out of place. Greedo did not shoot. We didn't even talk about that. That does look terrible. I will say that. <laughs> Some of the things they did early on to change that scene are really funny, though. Like to, uh, they put in a cardboard cutout of Harrison Ford to kind of move out of the way right. as Greedo yeah. shoots at him. I I don't remember ever seeing this. <laughs> I would like to see it. I don't know if it's on a cut that's available in any kind of home media or anything like that. But the fact that they did that just cracks me up to <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, they don't have the CGI. I guess they can't do that. They can so. do a mannequin. He, he, he dodges a blaster shot at point blank range. He was ready for it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He was, totally he was ready, ready for, for it. it. Yeah. And, and which is why like, he shot first. If, you know, it's no. like he's ready for it in every edition. It's yeah. just he's not as proactive in every edition. He knows it's going to happen. Oh, man. <sighs> Honestly, I understand that one, though. But that's again, it's a story change. It changes the character. It does. It yeah. changes the character and it changes the story. And I'm not one for huge. You know, you have to follow. um every bit of minute canon and the fact that they threw out all those books from the star Wars universe and said, we're starting over with the canon. I'm okay with that. But when you change this on screen, you're changing canon as well. And that's why, you know, some of these things that are canon heavy reliant star Trek and star Wars being the most, but then even like the Marvel movies and stuff like that, where they make mistakes in on the screen and what does it mean when they reference something that couldn't have happened or didn't happen in that way. And you know, if, when you're going for that internal consistency, it's, it's not easy. You gotta, I would love for them to go back and do X-Men special edition where they just fix all the gigantic plot holes in the X-Men series. What Plot holes in the X-Men series. (laughs) It's Come just on. crazy. But they're not yeah. going to Well, and the thing is, there's certain things that I look at, and I don't care about the effects that they did. X-Men, that looked bad when it came out. It wasn't <laughs> like you fix the effects there. You know, do it. Just just do it. Because, you know, Wolverine swinging around with his claw oh, on the, yeah, the horn of the Statue good. of Liberty. It didn't look good then. It doesn't look good I'll now. I'll tell you what did look good was when Rogue was sucking the life out of that guy. Because I freaked out and left the movie theater. Was that was that last stand? No, that was X Men number one, oh, okay. where she's kissing that guy and he like almost dies, and I that was the end of the movie for me. I was like, nope, we're done. That was my first PG thirteen movie. I went and saw in theaters, and I did not make it five minutes. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so, but maybe that's another episode for another day. Is what what deserves or needs some edition. special editions? Mm-hmm. But uh, generally speaking you just got to at some point say, I'm done. I, I've created this and I'm done. Well, and now George and is done. He is. He is done. There will be no more additions to the special editions. Yeah. Um, and as far as will we ever see the originals? 
Probably not. And Disney is doing a bang-up job of fixing a lot of the canon plot holes and make, trying to make it make sense with their TV shows. And they're trying, they're ma- they're making stories that explain away some of this stuff. So, yeah. Well, if they didn't have to, they wouldn't. So <laughs> <laughs> they have to, though. Um. All right. Final words, gentlemen. Steve, Evan. Uh, Yay, Hayden Christensen. Uh, final, final words. Well, if my final words is good thing they didn't get Jar Jar in the. Episode four or five or six. Oh, wait. I think he was in episode six. There are Gungans in episode six now. <laughs> They're there. That's why I don't let my kids watch them. Yeah. Evan? Oh, you did yours. Yeah. Mine is pretty simple. I want to thank you for listening. And... Well, before we get to the very end here, we do need to mention our sponsor for the episode... Oh, yes, indeed. And that would be Tiny Panda Threads. Tiny Panda Threads. Which uh, you know all about them. Very comfortable t-shirts for a good cause. Uh, Gigi and Zach Nelson. Gigi is her, the little sister. She comes up with the designs and Zach brings them into reality. You can get them at tinypandathreads.com. Very comfortable shirts. And I just want to say thank you for listening. And we are going to be, I believe, our next episode after this one is going to be talking about another Star Wars prequel movie. Oh boy, it's a prequel. <laughs> Rogue One. Rogue One coming soon. So That's right. And they just announced the sequel. Star Wars Rogue One 2 Episode 4 A New Hope. Oh, who was it that and said I that? I stole for that us? from one of our commenters. Yeah, I wish I could remember who it was. On the Facebook page, but it was hilarious. Oh, it was a good line. So many numbers in one title. <laughs> it was a great idea. And I can't find. Oh, here he is. It was Mickey Kit. Thank you. Thank Mickey you, Kit. Mickey, for giving that <laughs> joke. And I do want to plug one other thing, and that is check out Strange Christmas Movies on our blog at strangersandaliens.com. You can see a list of what will be 48 movies that are not Christmas movies, but are kind of about Christmas because they include Christmas one way or another. James Bond is there. Star Trek is there. H.G. Wells is there. We have sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and some things like Rocky. (laughs) Don't really fit in there, but we're talking about them uh, because it's a strange Christmas movie. Not the original Rocky, but the uh, fourth movie in the series. Um, Rambo in there. And we have the Alien franchise gets a representative in there. I mean, there's all sorts of things. So check it out. And uh, by December 24th, there will be 48 of these strange Christmas movies. All that's been said. And all I have to say now is thank you for listening. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers 
Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Is so much better because it's so much bigger and brighter and boom, boom, boom.